Hello, this is Sophie Lawson from SophieLawson.com and this is episode... Oh, ask me. What's this? This is episode 214 of the Sophie Art Podcast. This is a little podcast that I do about the art and things. And this one isn't about the things episode. It's a walk and talk. And I'm going to talk about rejection. Because I've started noticing something. I'm starting to notice that a lot of my actions are actually the result of a fear of rejection. And I've, I feel like I've backtracked through my life to see where it's come from. So I'm going to talk about some things to do with rejection and things. I'm not sure where this one's going to go. But hopefully it'll be fun. <laughs> this is more like a sort of a brain dump, really. But last night I had art class, and I've decided what I'm going to do is... The last podcast of each month, or maybe the first one of each month, but one of the, one each month will be looking at the past month's stuff at art class. Because last night we did a still life, so there's lots of different things to talk about, really, which I think would be quite cool. If you watch, you can see this one as a video if you want. I'm just going into the park and there's a bunch of... I'm going to get run over in a minute. (laughs) There's a pair of shopping trolleys. The amount of shopping trolleys that I I see around here. I might go and sit on the swings in a minute. Yeah, I am. I'm going to go sit on the swings. When was the last time you sat on the swings? Swings are cool. So what, where are we doing? What are we doing with this one then? Well, little Dennis is at home. <laughs> He's he like he doesn't like coming out very much lately. Oh, it's all spongy. This floor is. So this is what we call. This is a. This podcast is a. Talk and swing. A swing and a swing to ding. When me and my sister, what we used to do when we went on the swings, was we used to go like that. And then you jumped off at the end. It's cool. Oh yeah, all the trees are starting to get their leaves now. Everything's looking beautiful. Which is nice. So what have I got to say about rejection? Cherry blossom trees are nice as well. I like the way the things fall from, fall from the sky. I hope it's not too noisy in here. I didn't realise how noisy this park was. So what's happened to me is, for a large part of the last, well, the last, I would say, definitely the last five years, I've kept thinking to myself, all of my issues are based around a lack of self-worth. But I'm starting to realise that it's not actually that. It's more to do with rejection. So I've been watching a lot of videos from Divine Truth. And on that, what he's, what he's talking about on there is... 
and I'll put a link in the description. Oh, before we get into it, I've got to say something. Last night I watched a film on YouTube called Virtual Nightmare 2000. I definitely recommend watching it. The whole film is on YouTube and it's basically kind of like The Matrix. It's a, it's a little bit rough around the edges because it's a film made for TV. But it's really cool. So I'd like to talk about things but you can't really talk about it without spoiling it. But if you're into like sort of you know, life, everything being an illusion and things like that. It's because right from the start, you realise that's what's happening. Because this bloke, what happens is this bloke was a, a he's involved in a car crash, and then he, he like wakes up in his bed, and all of a sudden reality starts to not be what it, what it used to be. He's basically he's seeing through the illusion. It's cool, it is. So again, I'll put a link in the description for that as well. It's called Virtual Nightmare 2000. But this divine truth, what he was saying was he's been talking about things which... He's been talking about a lot of stuff which has made sense to me. And one of the things he said which I hadn't really thought about before is emotions are, like, layered. So there's certain emotions which are, like, almost like pretend emotions that your mind makes you think is the real emotion so that you almost get sort of stuck trying to resolve the wrong emotion so like anger is one of the top level emotions which is a what he says is anger really you need to sit in you need to go into anger and you'll realize that anger is on top of another emotion so self-worth is on top of other emotions. So what... Because for me, like, there's things like... Well, when I was at my old job, this was about... This was about eight, to eight years ago now. This was before I started drawing or anything. What would happen for me is I'd go into work and if I saw someone and it was just me... So if I, if I walked down a corridor and it was just me and this other person... I would always say hello to them. If I walked down a corridor and it was me and that person and there was, say, another person, I feel like now it's got to about four people, but if there was more than, like, one person there, what would, what would happen is I wouldn't be able to say hello because I would be scared that if I said... I thought to myself, what if I say hello to that person and they don't say hello back... And then I look stupid in front of the other person. Now what happens there is... What that is, is it's a fear of rejection. I always thought it was a lack of self-worth. That I didn't feel worthy enough to say hello and stuff. But it's actually a fear of rejection. And what, what's happened is... What, this is what I notice now. You've got this fear of rejection... So you end up basically rejecting other people, which means they will then end up rejecting you. So you end up creating the thing you're scared of. <laughs> it's, it, how mad is that? So what's happened for me is I've, got, I've gotten a lot better because I probably about five or six years ago I started to realise 
that that's what was happening. I started to realise that I was... Well, I started to realise that all I had to do was say hello. So I've gotten a lot better. And if I'm with about, say, three or four people, I can say hello to somebody in front of about three three people, I reckon. If, if it gets more than that, I start... I've, I, something inside of me says, oh, it sort of stops me. So what I've got to do is I've got, I've got to start saying hello no matter how many people are there. Because I sort of... What I do is I put myself in the other person's shoes and I think, well, imagine if I... Imagine if I was... I didn't have this issue so I could say hello to anyone no matter how many people were there. You would sort of think... You would think if... Let's say... Let's say I'm called Dave and then you've got Sophie. So Dave goes into work... And Sophie normally says hello. And then one day, there's like four people there. Dave goes into work. So I go into work and Sophie doesn't say hello. Dave is going to think, why didn't Sophie say hello? So he's going to feel a little bit of rejection. But the only reason is, is because Sophie was scared of getting rejected. So she ended up rejecting Dave. (laughs) So what happens now is... Next time, like the next day or something, Dave might Dave might think to himself, "Well, you didn't say hello to me yesterday, so I'm not going to say hello to you." So now, what's happened is the next day, Dave's now rejecting you, but he's only rejecting you because you rejected him. And this is like everything seems to be like this. It's crazy. Now, this one goes... I've st- I'm noticing that this rejection is linked to so many things. Interviewing guests on the podcast, there's a fear of rejection. Speaking in groups, there's a, there's a fear of rejection. Pretty much everything that I'm scared of, I feel like it's linked to a fear of rejection. So this is a big one to... I, to sort of work out so what I did was I started thinking where did this fear of rejection come from now there's a couple things that I've noticed I've thought of so far the first one is when I when I transitioned into Sophie my dad basically did sort of reject me so that's the first one but the thing with that is that was that was only in about 2015 and I'd already been living with a fear of rejection before that. So I thought, well, it can't be that. But I'm sure that didn't help, maybe. But what I've, what I've pushed it back to is in 1993, when I got strangled, what happened was, and I don't, I don't blame nobody for this, because I've processed the strangling. So what happened was, a few years ago, I had a... I put myself into a lucid dream and I relived being strangled and I thought I had relived it fully and I think I'm I think I did but I'm not sure anymore because this fear of rejection is still is coming from that incident so I've noticed that that incident of being strangled was actually too it was like two sort of um almost like two incidents in one 
there's the initial getting strangled, which I believe created social anxiety and panic attacks. Well, it certainly, like, it certainly increased because I've I thought back to my childhood and what happened to me? There's I was I was like a different person before and after that incident. So after that incident is definitely when all of the panic attacks started happening. So I'd go to school and I would be covered in sweat all the time. And then because I was covered in sweat, I'd be anxious about sweating, which meant that I was sweating because I was anxious about sweating. So now because I'm sweating even more, I'm getting more anxious. Again, it's the same thing. You've got a fear of rejection, so you start rejecting people, which means they're going to reject you. You've got a fear of sweating, which means you're going to sweat, which makes you have an even more fear. <laughs> so, one, this is how amazing the mind is, is the mind, because this is all negative stuff, but what I'm saying is, I'm thinking you can actually use this potential of the mind to sort of create reality in a positive way. But what that, it needs to be, it needs like an awareness. Because if you don't do nothing, what I'm thinking is, your, your fear seems to take hold. It's almost like fear is the default state for some reason. So then fear will create reality. So the reality that I'll end up in is, is a fear one. So if you can actually spin it round, which again, it's like that thing I've, I talk about a lot, which the negative shapes of the hand. If you focus on the fingers, you see the fingers. If you focus on the space between the fingers, you see, you see like the, the negative shapes. And if you, draw, if you draw the negative shapes, you end up drawing the hand. But there's a point where you can actually, you can like, you can almost, you can sort the edge of your finger, you can put your awareness on the edge and look either side of it. A bit like that illusion. There's this little image of a... It's a black and white image, and in the middle is like a vase. And on the outside is two faces looking at each other. And if you look at the two faces, you see two faces, and you almost can't see the vase. If you look at the vase, you, you can't see the faces. But they're both in there together. So I'm feeling like the mind is the same thing. So what happens is, it's like, it's almost as if, let's say the default, the default state is the vase, you have to sort of put a bit of effort in to see the faces. But then once you've seen the faces, you can never not see the faces. And it gets to a point where you can sort of flip between the two at the same time. So what was I talking about then? The rejection thing. Something about, well, I, th I thought I had fully processed that strangling incident. But what happened was, so I thought to myself, where did this rejection come from? So what happened was, after that incident, yeah, and I don't blame nobody, I don't blame my mum or nothing. I don't blame nothing because, again, what I've done is as well, I've processed what these other people have been through as well and you start realising that like let's say for instance your mum your mum has been living with the same sort of thing of 
fear controlling. And so it's this thing that goes backwards through time. At some point, somebody, and it might even be like Adam and Eve, it might go back that far. But at some point, somebody let some fear in and um, all the children that they had, they adopted this fear thing. So this is why it's quite hard to change because it's going back so far. So like I've got 30 odd years of, well, what is it? 1993. So that's 30 years worth of, I've got 30 years worth of, well, 29 years worth of living in a fear of rejection. So to suddenly change that, it's going to take a bit of time. So what happened was, when I got strangled, that's the first incident which created the social anxiety and panic attacks. But the second incident was when... Well, what happened? There's two, there's two parts to it as well, which this creates another thing, which is guilt. So I've got, I've got a fear of rejection and I've got a constant sensation of guilt, especially around my mum. And we, me and my mum are both openly talking about all of this, which is really cool, because there was a time in the past when, well, I wouldn't have been able to have talked about this, and my mum definitely would not have been able to talk about it, but now we can talk about it, because we, we both know that we're both sort of... I was, I was going to say we're both to blame, but we're also not to blame. It's, in a way, it's not our fault, really. So what happens is when I when I when this fear of rejection came into me, this belief in a fear of rejection, you could say that that was let's say that could to some that could be Mum's fault in a way, but that was only because Mum herself had a fear of rejection herself, which that goes back to somebody else. But the thing is. What I said, I said this before somewhere. It's me that's keeping this fear of rejection going. So therefore, I'm the only one who can actually put an end to it. And because me and my mum are linked to this one incident, if I can heal it, I'm going to heal my mum as well. And if my mum heals it, she's going to heal me as well. Or at least we'll help each other heal it. <laughs> so what happened was... But I got strangled, I fell to the floor, and the bloke who did it to me was me mum's what me mum's boyfriend at the time. And well I later learnt that he was also beating up the the dog and stuff. Cause, and what I said to me was, ah, you know, he was actually he was actually a um an abusive person. So it wasn't just me. Because for the longest time, I thought it was me. The biggest healing I got from that lucid dream was I woke up from it crying, saying I didn't do anything wrong. Because I had blamed myself for that. For like for all those years, I blamed myself. So that I did heal something in that lucid dream. But I, I never tackled the rejection bit. So what happened was, in, when I fell to the floor, the, the bloke who strangled me ran out the door and my mum ran after him instead of coming to me. And I look at that now, and I feel I've, I feel like that's that's what triggered the rejection, because what's obviously happened there is 
I'm only, I'm, I'm only 13 years old and my mum has run off. My mum's basically left me, you could say, left me for dead. <laughs> she's basically left me for dead and you could say she's rejected me for this other bloke. So that's, the, that's where the rejection come from. The feeling of guilt came from. When they came back, me mum made me say sorry to the boy to her boyfriend. And all I was doing was I was trying to get the phone off him because he had, he had just snatched the phone off my mum. So I basically tried to snatch the phone off him to give it back to my mum because she wanted to ring she wanted to ring my nan. So I did do I'd, I'd done nothing wrong. And then when she made me say sorry, I've obviously now I've obviously in my head it said right you you did something wrong there so I now felt guilty and I feel like the reason I feel guilty with my mum is because what happened is after that incident I basically I left the house and I moved in with my dad and so I feel like maybe part of me feels like I abandoned my mum in that moment and left her on her own so I'm starting to work out that that one incident really created a lot of my limiting beliefs. But the thing that's always confused it is, from a very young age, from as young as I can remember, I, I was dealing with this issues of being transgender. So that really muddled the waters. Because I, I always thought to myself, well, is this social anxiety and panic attacks, is it coming because I'm... I'm just hitting puberty. My body's starting to go all hairy and like like a male, but I f- I feel like a female. So that that's what's confused everything. But the good thing is, when I transitioned, I realised that I still had a lot of these things. So that's when I knew it wasn't just that. But again, I don't think it's as simple as that one thing doing it. I think it's a it's a bunch of it's a bunch of moments that do things, but there are these key points which create like things. And there's another one. When I was four, I was circumcised, and I always remember when I was at like PE class or something in the boys' changing room, and we was all having like a shower or something. I would never go in the shower because I always felt like I was I was I always felt like I was like, the odd one out because everyone else. I thought nobody else was circumcised. And I thought they'd all look at me and think... Because back then you used to go in the showers like after rugby or something. <laughs> after football and things. And like there was this big long row of showers and everyone was naked and things. I used to hate that. I really did. I used to really hate that. And that would have been before I was 13. So again... I'm trying to work out where all these things are coming from. It's quite interesting, eh? But it's amazing how what I'm starting to notice is little things every single day, little things I'm doing which are fear-based, I can actually see that they're due to a lack of rejection, a fear of rejection. Like, I might walk into a shop or something and... I'll get anxious about saying hello to the shop assistant because I'm scared that what if I say hello and they don't say hello back? It's really, um, it's really, 
It's really, um, it's, it's complicated, but it's simple at the same time, in a strange way. So I do wonder whether it's going to be one of these things that once you've, once you've really worked it out, I wonder whether what will happen is, it's almost like overnight you'll be free from it all. Or is it going to be a long process? I'm not sure. But as, but one of the things I know for sure is you can't have a fear of rejection as an artist because being an artist, like one of the main things about it is is being all, is being okay with rejection. Like you hear these stories about people who like sent off thousands of invitations or something. Or thousands of um, things to editors or something, and they they only got like one reply. So rejection is is a part of life, really. And then the other thing is, so I've got this fear of rejection about simple little things like just saying hello to someone. But then the other thing is, what does it matter even if they say? What does it matter even if they don't say hello? Because I've thought about that as well. And you realise it doesn't matter anyway. So you've got this fear about something that doesn't even... It doesn't even matter anyway. It's really weird. Then the other thing is, what I'm doing as well is I could be creating... I could be creating a load of people with a fear of rejection... Because if I, if I'm acting in a fear, if I'm acting in a fear of rejection, so I start rejecting people. That other person now might sort of suddenly start think, feeling, having a fear of rejection. So can you see how it like um, it's a fear can like spread like a virus. But I'm pretty convinced that you could look at love almost as like a positive virus. So if you live in if you live in love that will also spread. So it's quite cool. I feel like that's it for the, for that really. Is there anything else? No, I don't think so. It's nice to see the trees. It's nice to see um green trees has been quite a while it's quite a nice day as well today so that's it so I was going to do something today I was going to do what I was going to do was I was going to I was going to make a I was going to have a, a podcast about answering questions or something so I definitely want to do a a, a podcast soon answering questions and things so what I'm probably going to do is well if you've got any questions you'd like me to or just yeah any questions to talk about on the podcast it could be anything it could be anything to do with art anything to do with spiritual things anything to do with the mind anything to do with illusions anything to do with like inspirational art books or something 
art class. It could be about transitioning, personal things, <laughs> anything. And what I'll do is I'll put them all together and then hopefully next month, well this month, yeah, what are we in? We're in May. I'll try try to do it this month. And also I'm I'm definitely going to get that art book um, articles finished. I think what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to, instead of doing one of those... Because I, I, I started doing this thing about articles, about the fundamentals of art, art fundamentals. And I got to the first one, and I, I think there's five or six, and I was going to do one every other week. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to do the remaining, the remaining ones all in one video. But I'll try and do each of the fundamentals almost like 10 minutes for each fundamental so I'll try and sort of compress it all into the main highlights from the article really so I want to get that done this month as well because it's been bothering me that, that I haven't done it so that's it <laughs> well, I hope you enjoyed this one this week's inspirational quote it was actually uh, I can't I think this is it. So this was left on one of my videos. I think it was last week's podcast, actually, on on the video of it. And somebody said, um, well, they quoted somebody else, and I think the quote was, there's nothing to fear but fear itself. Now, that's, that's what it's all about, isn't it? There's nothing to fear but fear itself. I wonder if this gate's going to make a noise.